It's go time. Welcome, everyone, to Quick Kicks here on Third Down Gamble. I'm Don Charbon with Heath Graham, and a very special guest joins us tonight. The voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on 680 CGLB Radio in Winnipeg. The one, the only, Derek Taylor. Fucking CFL. I haven't talked to CFL with live humans in a couple weeks here. I'm excited for this. Well, that's awesome. Well, we're so thrilled that you're back on the podcast. You're just a fountain of knowledge that just keeps giving, and we are happy to bring out our sippy cups. <laughs> okay. It's free agency has been a major topic in everyone's circles when it comes to the Canadian Football League. And we can even go back prior to free agency when, I guess technically a free agent, McLeod Bethel-Thompson signs with the Edmonton Elks. He signs for 500 large. Where did that come from and what was your thought at the time? I guess he just decided, hey, this is enough money to get me back in. This is enough. Of a, this is a good enough location for me to get back in. And oh, hey, look at the receivers I, I get to work with. All right, I get to work with Geno Lewis. Oh, okay. Oh, and you might pull a trade for Curly Gittens. Oh, well, yeah, he and I were pretty good together. Oh, Dylan Mitchell is a star. Okay, in the making. Uh, yeah, let's go with that. And Kevin Brown's going to take all the pressure off by running the football too. I, I feel like you know you're away. Maybe you miss it. Maybe go. Ah, you know what? I can make a half million bucks. Why not? Let's get after it. So uh, that to me, when you look at the free agent moves that were made and not counting re-signings, that's got to be the most impactful one in the CFL this season, right? Because the Elks go from Taylor Cornelius, who was just not getting it done, to Trey Ford, who, while he provided some real excitement and man in that cat run, we don't know where he is as a passer Yet the Elks, if you're Chris Jones and you're going into year three on a four-year contract and the first two years have been like they have been in my mind, you bought yourself some surety, some surety that, Hey, you know what? At quarterback, we're going to be settled. We may not be super elite, but we're going to be settled. And there's a potential that MBT is what? Like the third best quarterback in the CFL at his high end. He's, you know, Zach Kalars, Chad Kelly, and then, there's a whole mix of which MBT could be in. So uh, to me, they bought themselves some some surety with that at the quarterback position. How much will they use Trey Ford? How much will taking Trey Ford out of there affect their running game with Kevin Brown? Because his splits pre-Ford and post-Ford are, are, are crazy. Uh, but to me, it's just the most impactful signing in free agency. Just, just because, man, I Taylor Cornelius' experience was not everybody had hoped it would be while MBT is not going to light your hair on fire. It has the potential to be really, really good. Taylor Cornelius. Where is he now? Free. I mean, he, he got his hundred thousand dollars guaranteed from the Elks, uh, but he's a free agent and ready to be picked up by anybody who might want him. He's a guy who now, since everybody in my mind is kind of settled at quarterback and who's our starting quarterback, if you're looking for a, a second option and a guy who can impact the running game as well, then third and one, here's Cornelius sneaks for the first down, stays out there and runs the next play. If you're looking for that guy, I, I think Taylor Cornelius would be a terrific pick in, the, in that role. He's a big body and man, can he run? He can run. I, I feel like he's if he wants to play in the CFL, he should have options if teams are, are looking for that. Problem is now we're, you know, we're later in February for agency is you know, over a week ago and teams may find, oh, you know what, we're settled with the Chris Trevler, the Caleb Evans, the, I don't know if Hamilton is settled with Taylor Powell as their, as their two, but a lot of teams may, you know, the longer we go along, the more settled they are. Looking at one of the interesting wrinkles in CFL free agency, there's always the money coming is in the way of bonuses and players get cut prior to bonus. One of the big names that jumped out at me this year was William Stanback, the Montreal Alouettes was cut and he now finds himself in BC. Is there anybody else that really jumps out to you as far as those, those cuts and where they've landed or maybe somebody that hasn't landed anywhere yet, like an Almondo Sewell? Yeah, Sewell's an interesting one, right? Because who wouldn't want a a, a guy who can move the middle like that? Uh, I think back to Dominic Rhymes, who was kind of one of the first dominoes to fall, right? BC 
identified, oh, we're not going to be able to afford to pay everybody. So Dom, we'll release Dominic Rhymes early. And man, was he back in Ottawa, just lightning fast, right? The rumors were instant back in Ottawa. And then he signs the deal and he, he goes to an Ottawa receiving core that Justin Hardy popped last season, Jalen Acklin. I think we're all expecting a little better uh, from him. And it just says, I pull it up, Braylon Addison, they re-signed Braylon Addison. And you go, man, if they, if they can go one Canadian and four Americans at receiver, Ottawa has some real threats at receiver rhymes in the jump ball. Addison in that style of, Oh, you need me to run short. You need me to run deep. You need me to run from slot back. You need me to uh, run the ball from running back. I'll do whatever you want. Offensive coordinator. Let's go. So I, I really feel like uh, Dominic rhymes is the one I think of because Limited by injuries last season, it really robbed us of seeing, you know, one of the real big body threats that we have in the Canadian Football League. So that's where my mind goes. Well, Drew Brown, too, is there. And what does that mean for Ottawa? Well, everything they're looking for, we talked about Edmonton looking for some sort of, uh, you know, assured body at quarterback. That's that's what Ottawa is looking for. Right. And I love the deal. Uh, Brown was very clearly the next guy who who deserved to get a shot in the Canadian Football League. And I love that Ottawa went and made that move. And I love the price tag they paid for it, right? It's it's under 400 per season for Drew Brown. So you're not in too deep if things don't go the way you hope they were. If you went after year one and went, okay, this is not the way. Let's go back to market again. You're not tied to too much. And 350 isn't 625 as far as hundreds of thousands of dollars. It leaves you room to do stuff like, okay, we can bring back Jeremiah Masoli and we can go and get Dominic Rhymes and we can add in a Darius Pickett and steal one from Toronto, right? It gives them the flexibility to do that kind of stuff. So yeah, this is this is terrific for, for Drew Brown. And he, he gets to work with an offensive coordinator and Tommy Condell, who Drew's old running mate, Zach Kalaris, has nothing but great things to say about Tommy Condell. So when you go, okay, well, Drew did decide to sign with Ottawa after the trade. Hmm. Okay. He's, he's heard good things and he believes that he's going to be able to do things in there because I don't know what Drew's going to be as a starter. Obviously his starts when he's been playing with the, or his time when he's played with the top level team in Winnipeg, as opposed to, you know, those late season games where the bombers are resting guys when he's played with a top level team, you go, okay, yeah, this guy's got it down from 22, nothing down against Edmonton. Yeah, he's got some stuff here. He's got some of the elements in his game that Zach Kalaris uh, relies on. And when we think of Kalaris, the things that make him great, Drew's shown a couple of those. Can he do it for a full season? Can he do it with the weight of a team on his shoulders? All to be determined. They added Darius Bladek as well. I really like what Ottawa's put together on offense and the guy they have to run it uh, in Tommy Condell. Ottawa's offensively should be trouble for some teams if they stay healthy because they were on quarterback four last year. Right. So if they stay healthy, we'll just be the conversation around Ottawa probably for the next five years. With Jeremiah Mazzoli back in the fold as well. Do you think Drew Brown is the day one starter? I would think so. If you're paying that money and I don't know where, where Mazzoli is in his rehab from, from his injury, but I would assume if you're, if you're paying uh, Drew Brown, that money, you're, you're intending to go to him as the starter, but knowing that, Hey, we have Jeremiah. If if we need him, Tyree Adams is there. He had one start where he looked pretty nice. You think, okay, maybe there's something there. Dustin Crum can add a, absolutely a different element. Pretend he's the the third guy you carry on a given day. Yeah, I, I. But I think if you're if you're going to market, you're making the trade. You're giving up a fifth round pick, and you're paying Drew Brown, you know, three hundred plus. I think you have to believe that he's the starter for the first snap in training camp. Interesting thing that happened. At the beginning of free agency, the quarterbacking in this league, they all were renegotiated down. Chad Kelly, Mayer, you just go up and down the line. They were all sort of redressing this to make room, I would guess. Yeah, it's it's really common at this time of year, right? You're a GM, you get to this part of the, the calendar year and you go, okay, well, our guy, he'll be healthy for the coming season because he got out of last year fine. It's January, it's February, whatever it was when you did it. All right, he's good. So we're going to take some of his salary and convert it to a bonus, right? It's five. He's going to, we're going to pay him 500 this year. Let's give him 200 as a bonus. We were going to pay him five, but now we can, because the bonus is taxed differently, right? We can pay him less on the cap, but he'll still take home the same, if not more. 
it's it's just kind of good for everybody, right? The team gets more cap room. The player generally gets the same or more money to take home in the case of a, a guy like Chad Kelly, right? You're not trimming back his dollars, T- trimming back his take-home dollars. Let's say that because there's no incentive for a guy to give up money that he's already earned and signed for. So yeah, it's, it's, it's super common. You see it come across the ticker every once in a while. Oh, delete this guy, add this guy back back. It's a common thing this time of year. And uh, everybody, uh, everybody wins when you're pretty sure that your guy is going to be healthy for the coming football season. I want to shift to the, the backfield a little bit on offense here as well. I talked about William Stanback, Kadeem Carey, AJ Olette, all thousand yard running backs at some point in their career, all getting new homes this year. What's the value that they bring versus Winnipeg kind of breaking the bank open a little bit to keep Brady Oliveira? Does what he bring to the table as a Canadian add that much value to him? Or is it the, the total yards that he brought last season? If you're trying to assess Brady, being Canadian is is great, right? You get one of your seven spots, but the Bombers didn't need that. They generally, this I think every game last season, they ran at least eight Canadians. So they didn't need the running back position to be Canadian. But what you saw in Brady Oliveira last season was, okay, he's going to take 90% of our running back carries. We don't ever have to take this guy off the field. Uh, Edmonton would take Kevin Brown off the field, put in Shannon Brooks for some carries. Gosh, Hamilton would run James Butler, but AJ Olette would come off and here's some carries for Daniel Adaboye or here's some carries for Deontay McMahon, whatever it might be. There were there are certain guys that you go, okay, this is our running back, and that's it. And those guys, there are not a ton of them this season. Montreal, even when Standback was playing, would circle through Jeshrin Antwi. And if Walter Fletcher happened to be on the roster, they would do that. But so in Brady, you get some you get some assuredness that yeah, he's going to be there all the time. And he fits exactly what the Bombers want to do in their run game, which is just punish people. I was just watching uh, the game against Toronto in the regular season where he put up 160 uh, and it just smashing into dudes. And it's exactly what the Bombers want to see. Uh, so they they really had to go to the wall, right? Like, I believe it's 70K more than any other running back makes. There'd be a bit of a premium for being Canadian, but uh, the Bombers kind of identified, hey, this is the guy we want. He's from Winnipeg. Uh, off the field is A-plus as well. Fans love him. Jerseys can start being sold. Let's go. Uh, let's bring Brad Brady off his best season of his career and one of the best Canadian running back seasons ever. Led the league in rushing, 2,000 yards of scrimmage, everything about Brady Oliveira's season last year, I, I think, uh, just led to this. 230 for a running back, though, will be a conversation when just some of the guys you mentioned, uh, Kadeem Carey uh, moving on from Calgary, Calgary moving him on, as it were. Kadeem Carey was number three on TSN's top 50 last year, if I'm not mistaken. He was the running back who made that list. William Standback was the top running back on the list in 2022. It's it's Sometimes it it doesn't last long that you're the, the running back at the very top of the food chain. Uh, but while you're there, like you, you get paid and man, I was so happy to see Brady get paid. We'll, we'll have to see because doing that certainly cost the bombers some other valuable players along the way. Winnipeg's the one team that really seems dedicated to the run though, over the last several seasons, even going back to when Andrew Harris came to town, a few other teams, Hamilton in particular to me, just doesn't seem to want to develop a run game. So I think that was maybe part of the value of, of Brady Oliveira as well as that offensive line and everybody buys into the run. And that's a, that's a super interesting part about Hamilton to me is you're right. They don't really run the ball a ton. Um, James Butler gets over a thousand yards last year. He he took more than 90% of their carries uh, running back carries as well. But for years, they, they just didn't have one guy who, who would dominate. And then when they did, eh, we're not, super interested in running the football. So they got the top running back in free agency last year, and then they bid monstrous money for Brady Oliveira this season to the point where I kind of don't know how Hamilton is trying to approach this thing. They, they very clearly think the running back is important when it comes to free agency, but then when it comes to the game flow, not really when it comes to observing year over year results, I'll, I'll always go back to, uh, they paid for James Butler last year. Butler got his money and then promptly delivered 
what Wes Hills and Don Jackson, the two American running backs the year before combined to produce as far as yards per carry. And you go, well, well, what was the, why not just keep Wes Hills from going back to the USFL or the XFL, whichever one it was for him. I, I just, I kind of don't get Hamilton's deal with, with running backs. They're a really interesting team to me because you can, you can run the football when you're winning games, but if you're not winning games and you're not, doing well in the playoff chase it's gonna be hard for you one of the key cogs though in front of brady Oliveira is gone jamarcus hardrick has gone back to saskatchewan ironically the guy that was likely penciled to be his starter this year also retires so now there's a hole at the tackle position uh jamarcus getting away to sask and then drew richmond retiring richmond had been i think in his two starts he'd been left-sided players so we kind of wondered would he be able to make that flip? But here's a guy who was with the team for three years and didn't get an opportunity, and now he's decided to to move on. And Hardrick uh, leaving for Sask and the Bombers, signing other guys and letting him get away, I, I immediately, when that move happened and the Brady move happened, I, I started texting some folks like, are, are, in week 10, are we going to be talking about what happened to the Bombers running game? Because Hardrick is a part of that offensive line that – help Brady get to 2000 yards from scrimmage. And now you look at Jamarcus Hardrick and Jeff Gray are two guys from that starting five that won't be back next season. Hmm. Which one is going to be a bigger impact will be very interesting because we have significant evidence that running backs within the run game are fairly replaceable. I guess we'll see, you know, how big an impact Jamarcus Hardrick was to that run game. And Jeff Gray was to that run game with whoever will replace him, be it Liam Dobson or Tui Ellie. The, the Hardrick losses, uh, one of those decisions you had to make, right? When you go, okay, we're in a capped sport. We want Brady back. We want Dalton shown back, but it's going to cost us Jamarcus Hardrick and Jackson Jeffcoat. Teams have to be okay with making those kind of moves. And I, I kind of don't know how they do it because I would not. Ah, that's so hard. How do you choose of your four kids? Who are my two favorite? I don't, I don't know. I don't want to have to pick. So I'm glad somebody else is making that decision. So how important in this then is the ageless wonder that Stanley Bryant returning for a ninth season with Winnipeg? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's going to be critical, right? And Patty Newfeld returning for another season and Chris Kolonkowski now the center on a two-year deal. Those three guys are going to have to work with, uh, I pres- like at this exact second, I presume Liam Dobson slides into that left guard spot. He's been around the team for a couple of years and he's had a couple of starts in there. Uh, but you're going to be dealing with a guy who is either brand new at right tackle or a guy with limited experience now playing right tackle this season. You've got a quarterback who can, who can deal with that and Zach Kolaris because there's nobody better at keeping pressure from turning into sacks than Kolaris. This thing that we've been used to as Bomber fans of, man, that front five is pretty rock solid. Now they've had to, they've had to, you know, make that first break, right? With, with a couple of the guys in in this case, Jamarcus Hardrick, who was an absolute stud on that. And one of this, you know, the, the focal points of this, this offense and this offensive line. So he was the most outstanding offensive lineman in the West last year, but he, he, he's gone, you know, Okay. Uh, whoever comes in is probably not going to be to Jamarcus's quality. How will they get around that slash? How much will it hurt them when the season gets underway? One of the storylines coming into free agency was the, the launch of the good ship Argonaut towards Regina, that that defense would wind up over there. Nobody came. That's right. More Hamilton Tiger Cats went than Toronto Argonauts. That's crazy. I, I really hadn't put much thought into that, but yeah, we really thought... Here, well, here comes Dwayne Hendricks and Adarius Pickett, and oh, they're clearing a space for Jamal Peters, and it just uh, Saskatchewan, whether it was money or whatever it was, went another direction. They made some scores, though. Like Sass made some scores, and I'm sure Corey Mace looks at uh, Malik Carney and Jameer. Th- I just was watching Jameer Thurman against the Bombers when he just just took uh, Rashid Bailey's soul on a late first half catch. Oh my gosh. Uh, add in Adam O'Claire and you go, okay, well, Jalen Edwards Cooper on that boundary halfback, I presume. And you go, okay, well, and they, they brought in some horses, but yeah, it's, it is weird, right? That it wasn't the Toronto Argos. Cause that was the, that was kind of the line we were all spinning. Did they sign no Argos whatsoever? Stampeder, uh, BC lion, Hamilton Tiger. Yes. Yeah, zero Argos. That's incredible. 
the only one that they got is now going to be running the rock. Oh, there we go. Yeah, AJ Olette. Yeah, yeah, on the opposite side of the field. I don't know. I don't know, Sask. Uh, I, I love AJ Olette. I think I, I wonder if you pin down Jeremy O'Day, the general manager there, and, and truth serumed him and said, AJ Olette signing more about impact at the running back position or how much is the impact of the running back position? How much is the fact that fans are going to love this guy? Uh, I assume he's a really good teammate as well. I wonder how much was culture shifting in the locker room and in the stands versus the impact in the run game. That kind of money for an American running back, you now get a more of a thunder and lightning duo instead of Moro and Frankie Hickson. It's AJ Olette and Frankie Hickson to be the lightning. But I, I wonder, there's a couple of these signings that you go, I think they're really trying to change things. You know, they're years apart from Luches, Purifoy, Ed Ganey, but now Nick Marshall is is gone. Uh, AC Leonard's a couple of years gone. I, I wonder how much of that, of his, whatever, the reported 160, is 40 grand of that because he, he seems like a super good dude and fans are going to just buy his jersey like crazy and Thor hammers all over the place. I, I love that signing from that perspective. In that case, I'll just kind of ignore the fact that all running backs are kind of the same. One of the, the bigger signings this week that was announced was uh, Tim White returning to the Tiger Cats. Now, there was talk early on in free agency that he was holding out for Eugene Lewis, Kenny Lawler kind of money in that 300 range. Did he ask too much and, and were the offers coming in? Or has he now realized that maybe he was asking for the moon? Yeah, ask for the moon, right? Why not? Like if Gino's at 320 and you paid and someone paid Kenny Lawler 305, whatever it was the year before, why as Tim White's agent, why would I not want 300? Might as well ask for it. It's it's one of the things where I'm I'm super curious about how negotiations would go because when Dalton Schoen takes a reported two hundred thirty thousand dollars, as as the agent of a free agent receiver, you'd go don't ignore that contract, ignore that because that's a hometown discount. Uh, my guy shouldn't be forced to shouldn't be forced to that, but I assume it has you know an effect of dragging down salaries for for other guys. So Tim White should absolutely have asked for three hundred thousand dollars. Why? let's go find your, find your spot. You know, the old saying about negotiations that, you know, both sides end up unhappy at the end. Right. So he didn't get what he wanted. And it seems like it may have been a fair bit less than, than he wanted. And it maybe, maybe it was a fair bit less than he could have got had he been signing on day number one, who knows, but ultimately he ends up back in a place that he knows. And Tim White's a star. Like Tim White is a star, like another multiple weapon type star, in this league. Yeah, it's good that Hamilton's gotten him back, but I I just can't shame a guy for asking for 300. If Gino's 320, my guy's not 300. Come on, my guy's 300. Just that he he gets it and it just seemed to be I guess this offseason was just a spot where there wasn't going to be that kind of big money for receivers whether maybe Edmonton was the only team bidding the last couple of years these inflated enormous salaries. I I don't know what that what the answer is, is to that, but yeah, it's it's great that he ended up back in Hamilton where they know how to use him and make him the star. But yeah, he maybe shot a little high. I, you run the risk of of waiting too long, I guess, in those situations as well. It's It doesn't hurt to throw that price tag out there, but you have to realize that teams are all looking at their caps and wondering where 300000 is going to fit in. Yeah, well, for sure, right? The, the salary cap gets bumped by 130 k this year, but how many how many folks were looking to pay, to pay pardon me, that kind of big money for a receiver and a super impact receiver. BC certainly couldn't. Calgary has this deal where they get incredible receivers to take cut rate salaries to keep playing for them, which is tremendous. Edmonton still has Geno Lewis on the, on their, their cap. They moved out Stephen Dunbar, but uh, still have him on their cap. Sask was one. I, I was really curious about what Sask would be uh, when it came to free agent receivers, just because, I mean, Sean Bain, excellent last year. They re-upped him, but they, they have a spot at that X-wide receiver spot. And then they're loaded with Canadian stud receivers or Canadian very good to stud receivers as well. I was curious to see, will they make a play for a guy like Adult and Schoen? Will they make a play for a Tim White? And ultimately, they committed their money elsewhere. I wanted to know what Toronto would do, honestly, because I look at their receiving core as it stands, and I... Devaris Daniels, yes. Demonte Coxie, fine. And then right at the moment, uh, is it three Canadians? Will they run? Are they running five or six on offense? Five or six Canadians on offense? I kind of don't know. 
unless they go to brand new guys to the CFL, uh, what they're going to run on that field side. Because at the moment, Tommy Neal, Sindani, Ungerer, obviously Dijon Brissett was a guy who who popped last season in that Curly Gittens role. I was I was I was a little surprised, perhaps, that there were fewer teams than I thought making moves for big time receivers. Well, one thing about receivers, and we've you talked about the Rough Riders, but last year they tried out they tried out Jake Wenicky. That bombed, and it was injury had a lot to do with it. But I'm sure teams are going to get a little bit shy if a receiver you spend two fifty to three hundred on him, and he plays half the season. Yeah, you Sask the a couple of years ago when they brought in uh, Duke Williams, right? When I was when I was on radio going back up the money truck and just let Duke take whatever he needs thinking that he was exactly what that offense needed. And he had that touchdown in the West final, which was unbelievable at the end of the third quarter, but ultimately disappointed Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans, I think. But then I think you get burned in every position. If you, if you pay that big money, you're to some degree praying that a guy stays healthy. You just have to identify the right guy to give that money to you go, okay, who's a solid citizen who, who did not have a lucky year, who is actually an incredibly skilled player who fits our offense. It's, it's a lot, so much about staying healthy, but yeah, Sask last year, Winnicky, they took a flyer on Darrell Walker. The Sean Bain one worked out tremendously, but they didn't have as many options. I think in free agency last year versus what they did this year, there's real heat around the riders uh, this off season and coming into this season, the Corey Mace effect, whatever it might be. But there's there's real heat around Saskatchewan now, so I think they had options this year that they they wouldn't have had last year. But yeah, you, as a GM, you, you have to be ready to take those risks because those guys, I mean, those are the guys that that run this thing and get you to the championship games. And you know, Montreal doesn't get there without a guy like Austin Mack, who I know didn't make big money, but you need these stud playmakers to to get you there. So yeah, you, you take that risk that you're going to end up looking foolish. Well, Saskatchewan has to get past the idea that you can win after Labor Day. <laughs> it, it hasn't been great after Labor Day. Hey, they, they beat, uh, they beat Winnipeg the day before Labor Day last year. They, they have that for them like overtime. Hey, overtime. Uh, it's, it's to me so much of what, uh, just when I reflect on, you know, CFL seasons, I go, well, that team was disappointing. And so many times it just comes back to who was hurt and who was not. Honestly, uh, Saskatchewan. Oh, massive disappointment. Well, Trevor Harris, who was throwing darts early in the season, missed most of the year. I kind of don't know what you do after that when you pay a guy that much money. Sure, you try Mason Fine. Sure, you try Jake Dolagala. La, la, la. Neither of them is Trevor Harris, right? Calgary, they got to keep their quarterback the whole year, but they lose their best edge rusher and their best playmaker early in the season, James Vodders and Malik Henry. Well, I kind of don't know what you do in that situation besides go, you know what? We're in a lot of trouble. I think a lot of what I what I kind of reflect on, ooh, they were disappointing, just ends up being, eh, they were hurt. And let wait till next season, because if Trevor Harris is healthy this year in Sask, with the stuff they're added on and the Corey Mace heat, if he is the head coach that kind of a lot of people think he will be, and, and the unifying factor that a lot of people, I think, think he will be, look out for Sask this season. Well, I'll just, I'll push back just a teeny bit because... Saskatchewan did this two years in a row where they didn't win September on. And going into Winnipeg for the Banjo Bowl, they actually got worse every year. And in the midst of that, they played a game where they could barely feel the team and still outperform the team that followed them the next year. It's been rough. It's been rough. Uh, the Banjo Bowl in 22, everybody was vomiting their guts up, right? Like, And they got come to Winnipeg and get absolutely shelled. It's 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 been ugly. It's been ugly. But... Uh, yeah, the end of the Fajardo era was, I'm trying to remember back to 22, the end of the Fajardo era wasn't great. I don't even remember who the receivers were in that in that crew, besides Schaefer Baker and Lennius. Shaq Evans. Shaq Evans, yeah. Kyron Moore. Shaq popped that one season, and then it just kind of kind of went away after that. Kyron Moore, I mean, troubles with figuring out where he's supposed to be in the offense, and what do we do with him? An inconsistent run game. It's, it's why... Honestly, it's why the Hardrick signing is probably one of my favorite player to team pairings in this offseason. Because Sask for years, for before I was there, 
We're, we're looking for, we need, let's get some tackles. Let's get some offensive line. Okay. Well, that's not working out. Okay. Taryn Vaughn hurting his shoulder. Can't stay healthy. Nobody on the right side. Oh my goodness. What are we doing here? Natai Rogers, Cooper Richardson, that season, uh, a nightmare. They've been looking for some sort of stability as kind of a lot of teams are in the Canadian football league. So uh, you go out and you pay Jamarcus Hardrick a bunch of money and you feel like, yes, our right tackle is set. Whatever happens, with Blake and Furland and Godber and Bandy and right now Ryan Seaver, what a pickup that is. We've got our right tackle settled. We'll figure out a left tackle in camp. We'll figure out who's going where in the middle. But uh, yeah, just get one of those. Get one of those done was uh, was to me one of the one of the best pairings in the free free agency this season. If you want to talk about teams overcoming injuries, if you listen back to our preseason previews of the last three or four seasons, I've been very optimistic about the Ottawa Red Blacks and have been monstrously disappointed with the Ottawa Red Blacks every season. Injuries, right? Yeah. Hey, Jeremiah Masoli. Okay, no, Masoli's hurt. Uh, Masoli gets gooned and he's out for the season. Okay, when Masoli gets back, Ottawa's going to be ready to go. Okay, Masoli got hurt again. And how do you how do you win unless you absolutely strike gold how do you win with your fourth quarterback how do you win with your third quarterback right it, just watch some of the 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 drop off i was watching winnipeg and toronto and you go okay chad kelly's at this level but you start going to to his backups and you bring in cameron dukes and you go okay these guys are not the same level of cfl talent at this point in their in their careers and and you know dukes has some things that he brings to it but it's just such a significant drop off that I don't know that you really have a chance to win long-term. You can make some surprises, right? Dustin Crum leads a 14-point comeback against the Bombers and leads them to a win in overtime. But Ottawa kind of ends up looking like a team that's playing with its fourth quarterback and limited options at receiver, right? It's, it's, it's hard. It's so hard. If you're paying a seventh of the salary cap or a sixth of the salary cap, wait a minute, that's too much. If you're paying uh one ninth of the salary cap to a single guy and that guy gets hurt and your guy behind him makes $70,000. And I don't know what you do besides uh, cross your fingers and pray. Hamilton and Toronto, they always argue that the, it's one of the most heated rivalries in football. The two just hate each other's guts. And yet we see players shuffle back and forth up the QEW in free agency. Yeah. Is that great or what? Yeah. Hey, uh, we'll take all those Toronto Argos that you're you're willing to pass. Dwayne Hendricks, Brandon Barlow going down the road. Jamal Peter is going to be that uh, be that corner. Delvin Bro type corner that Hamilton fans are so familiar with. Man, Toronto, like they're picking the bones clean on that team. Like, oh, you you were 16 wins last year and you're awesome. Uh, we're going to come get all your guys because we know you can't afford them. Now that your quarterback salary gets bumped up and oh, the NFL is going to take uh, your young corner and Quantez Stigger. So best of luck to you. Uh, but we're going to enjoy our four meetings this, however many times they actually play this season. But now it's uh, it, it should be a little better. That's the and that's the danger. Right. And it's that's what honestly, it makes Winnipeg's run that much more impressive of four years of getting your bones picked by vultures because guys deserve raises when they lead you to Grey Cups. And you got them to come back. Toronto loses its defensive coordinator, loses a ton of talent. Dwayne Hendricks is a monster in the middle. That, that guy's just a monster. They bring, you know, they have to make a trade to bring in a Ceresna. They they had a Rimalade already on a deal. So they they have some talent there. But yeah, when you're good, other teams are going to come get your guys because it's those guys outperforming what you're paying them that made you great, right? Yeah, it's it it could be rough for Toronto, but they have their quarterback. They solidified that offensive line, right? They they went, you know what? Whatever else we do, we're bringing back this offensive line, and they did it. They got guys under contract, some of them through twenty twenty six. They've clearly identified to me smartly. Okay, we'll be able to find receivers. We'll be able to find defensive backs because we're we're getting hit on those. If we need a we need a middle linebacker, cool, we got one of those we can work with but we're going to need offensive linemen because we're not in a rich time for offensive linemen in the Canadian football league in my mind. So uh, I was, I was happy to see them be doing that, you know, and they've got their quarterback, but man, they they lost a lot of very talented high end players. Coming back to the bombers here. We know Olivera and Sean got big raises. We've seen a little bit of movement 
Demario Houston going to Calgary. Uh, in my mind, keeping Diedrich Nichols was the the key in that defensive backfield. I'd take him all day over Houston and his his interceptions. Ty Ford is looking like he's coming back from a little stint and trying out in the NFL. What does Winnipeg have left for cap space? And and who's a key signing? Sergio Castillo is still a free agent. It looks like Rashid Bailey has priced himself out. We thought we were going to lose him last year, lost him this year. What's next for the Bombers? Yeah, they have got one, two, three, four, by my count, seven spots to fill. And you mentioned Tyrell Ford is coming back. If they if uh, if he shows well in camp and they want, they could run him at that field cornerback spot. He and Evan Holm could be that field side duo, and you could swap Jamal Parker over to the boundary side if you choose to to go that way. But you'll need a they need a defensive tackle, left guard, right tackle. They need a, a receiver for Bailey spot. You need a kicker and you need a return guy to hear Kyle Walters, the, the GM talk about it. He he said at his availability uh, the day after free agency opened, we're out of money, which is to say, if you, if you want a minimum salary or you're a rookie, you know, we're going to need you to, to contribute. Uh, they've got some guys for some of these spots, right? Defensive tackle last year. It was Ricky Walker. Uh, he was the third different starting defensive tackle in a three-year span. They'll look for a guy like Miles Fox to to fill that role. Fox isn't tall, but he has all the muscle in the world. They've got natural Canadian depth at, at offensive line in Liam Dobson and Tui Ellie. Plus the draft, uh, Walter said, is rich in Canadian offensive linemen. So uh, they're covered there. The right tackle thing, we talked about Hardrick. That's going to be a real point of contention. Uh X wide receiver, you're going to have to find somebody. And Rashid Bailey, he took less money to come back to Winnipeg last season. And that cat, I mean, he played his heart out. Like he's dropping bombs on defensive backs to help Brady get open. Oh, here comes Dalton showing in the end around. I'm going to push some guy into the stands. Uh, I'm going to make a catch across the middle. And Jameer Thurman's going to break both my ribs. All right, let's go. I'm going to fight through a hamstring injury to be in the gray cup. Like that guy gave it gives his heart. For whatever team he's he's going to end up on, uh, he gives his heart. Sergio Castillo calmed a lot of fears into last season. He's not signed as of yet. Kyle Walters made it sound like they're not far apart and something might get done. Uh, but what about Janarian Grant? We saw, you know, when it was uh, Greg McRae and when it was Jamal Parker, uh, the Bombers' return game just wasn't the same. Didn't have the same juice that it did, you know, with Janarian Grant in there. So. Walters kind of half joked that Grant's, you know, marches to the beat of his own drum. And one year he didn't get, you know, he didn't sign till April just because he'll go off the radar for time. So I don't know if we should be worried as bomber fans about generic Grant not coming back or just, he just does his off season the way he does it. But uh, if he's not back, there's a lot of really good returners in the Canadian football league, but uh, man, to, to find another guy like generic Grant, I, I just don't, you just don't get those guys off the streets. So Bombers have some work to do. Let's say that. With Jackson Jeffcoat's retirement, one of the things that came out from him was that Winnipeg was a little bit quiet in communicating with him. Is that something that you're, you've are you become aware of as a problem in Winnipeg, or is it maybe a, a three sides to every story, yours, mine, and the truth? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a three sides one. When, when I looked at the offseason, I thought I just assumed there was no way they could bring back Dalton Schoen. And we talked about it on CGOB, I said, well, if you're going to bring back Dalton Schoen, you're going to have to let two guy, two veteran, you know, linchpin players go. And I, I didn't know if 2024, February 24 was the off season in which you would do that because you still feel like your great cup window is open. Are, were they really going to do that? Or would they just go, you know what? We'll have to try to find another guy who can fill that spot. So they, they do get shown back at, at you know less money than he was offered. But in, in my mind, I draw a direct line between Dalton Schoen returning and the departures of Jamarcus Hardrick and Jackson Jeffcoat. Just because from a salary perspective, Jackson didn't make enormous money, but you take off everything he makes above $70,000 the league minimum, and you take Jamarcus Hardrick, what you paid him. Again, it wasn't an enormous salary, but... Now you can knock that back to 70 grand and you have about what it costs to pay Dalton Schoen's raise over his $70,000 base salary last season. So you you can get one guy back, but it's going to cost you two guys. And I, did, I went through it in, in advance of free agent day and, and I had to look at it because 
it was very noticeable to Doug Brown and myself calling games that when Jackson wasn't available, sacks were few and far between for the Bombers as a whole and for Willie Jefferson in particular. I went back and looked in, in 21, 22, and 23. Uh, there were 10 games in which Jeffcoat didn't play, but Willie Jefferson did play. And Willie had exactly zero sacks in those 10 games. You know, that 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 jives with what we've seen as as Bomber fans. When Jackson is incredible at creating pressure off that edge uh, on a per-game basis, maybe better than anybody in the Canadian Football League, when he's not there and it's Celestin Haba or it's LB Mack or it's Cedric Wilcox, Bombers uh, of the past, you know, yeah, then we can focus a lot more resources as an offense than keeping Willie Jefferson away from things. So, uh, that's one, though they've got guys who can take that starting spot and Celestin Haba started games for the for the Bombers last season. That's a that's a massive loss. But because you did that, you get the massive gain of Dalton Schoen over a, a raw rookie uh, on the offensive side. So it's 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 a price to be paid. Will it be worth it? Well, I feel like there's going to be some uh, yelling and screaming in certain games for the Bombers last or next season or this coming season when why can't they get after the quarterback? That's uh, because they wanted the power to put up 35 a game on offense. One of the features of free agency for the last few years has been this quarterback carousel that we've been watching. This year, fairly quiet. Drew Brown gets traded. Jake Dolagala goes to BC, but we're not seeing starters move around like we used to. Yeah, I guess, I mean, they feel pretty pretty good, right? Uh, Fajardo uh, probably couldn't have dragged him. <laughs> he probably couldn't have dragged him out of Montreal with the season he had and the season they had, or postseason they had. Vernon Adams had his probably best season ever in BC, so he's going to continue in that. Jake Mayer's holding on to the job in Calgary, though the Matthew Schiltz acquisition uh, becomes intriguing. Trevor Harris had a two-year deal. I don't think there's any, if you know, if you think he's healthy, to me, there's no reason to move on from Trevor Harris. Okay, Edmonton had to do its thing. Winnipeg, to me, Zach Kolaris, the best quarterback in the CFL. You're keeping that. Toronto set with Chad Kelly. Hamilton and Bo Levi Mitchell. He hasn't been Bo since 2018. So I, I, that's that one's super curious to me. And then you mentioned Drew Brown going to Ottawa. So yeah, there, there just wasn't a lot to, who, who nobody kind of has buyer's remorse this offseason and no, no players have kind of buyer's remorse and, you know, are on these one-year deals. They got their money and uh, they all must look at this and go, yeah, know what? I'm, I'm in a good spot. I'm Vernon Adams. I had my best season ever. We're bringing back most of our weapons in this offense. Uh, no reason in his mind, no reason we can't compete to win the West again. Stampeders are an interesting story. They gave up a little bit. They got a little bit. But this is a team that hasn't won a playoff game since Bo led them to the Grey Cup in 2018. Yeah, <laughs> it's it was so weird last year, and they and then they back well they they get into the playoffs, they fight their way into the playoffs at at six and twelve, and then it goes about how you'd expect. They don't love dipping into the free agent market, right? They they just feel like they're going to build from from within. So this season they've kind of finally had to you know pay a pretty healthy price for Demario Houston on a two year deal and. And they identified, yeah, you know what? We've struggled at tackle for a couple seasons, you know, non-Derek Dennis tackles for the last couple seasons. Let's go to market and, okay, Trevon Tate can can come in. And we need somebody to push Jake Mayer. And, you know, we're going to let Kadeem Carey, but they let Kadeem Carey walk when Kadeem Carey was probably untouchable in advance of last season. They very clearly have a way that they run things. They they do get guys to, to take less money to stick around because a guy like Reggie Bagleton would not have a one in front of his name in in front of his salary. If he didn't want to, he could easily be making 200 plus in my mind. There's something that, that they've got there and then they don't need to go to market too much until they're, they're just done by last off season, I think was quite punishing with Jameer Thurman getting away to then it was Hamilton and Falerin and getting away to Toronto. Eventually you do have to, to go and, and replenish these things. And so, yeah, they, they needed to dip their toes in this time, but I, th I just feel like health is going to be a, a real boost to them because if it is full-time James Vauders and Julian Hauser off the edge with Mike Rose uh, work in the middle, I feel like we're going to hear a little more about that. And if Malik Henry is that X wide receiver and he's healthy and stretching that, that field. And if they keep, if they're able to find a way to keep Mark and Michelle and they've got Bagleton who kind of catches everything and all those Canadian receivers that they have as well. Uh, I feel like a quick bounce back is entirely possible 
I say that and then I go, yeah, Jake Mayer wasn't great last year. That'll be the thing now. Everything around Jake Mayer seems like it's set if if they're all healthy. Now, what is Jake Mayer and do we have to move on? You talked a little bit about A.J. Olette going to Saskatchewan and the marketing possibilities for him there. I want to talk about the backup quarterback situation in Winnipeg. Chris Strevler makes his triumphant return to the Bombers. He's struggled as a passer in the CFL. He has a strong arm, not necessarily the most accurate, but what does he bring back to Winnipeg? And does Buck Pierce have some tricks up his sleeve with some specific packages, or do we see a, a two quarterbacks on the field at the same time with him and Calaris and Brady Oliveira in the back that can give some teams some nightmares? Can you imagine, right? You just you toss one to uh you get Strebler, line him up in the slot, and you hand it to him on a little option play going left with Brady Oliveira. This the the possibilities, right? Because Strebler is such an incredible runner, like such a powerful and dynamic runner. And then, oh, by the way, Brady Oliveira is the best in the league this past season, right? So there, there's the potential to do a, a lot of things. I'm trying to think in in two years, we've probably seen I can think of one for sure, but maybe two plays where we've seen Winnipeg use that two quarterback thing. They'd throw Dakota Prukop onto the field as well as Zach Kolaris. So it's not something that we've seen a ton from them versus uh, Hamilton with a Matthew Schiltz did it, uh, you know, a fraction more, but nobody's gone too deep into that. Strebler certainly provides you those options. The thing is when you put Strebler on the field, you taking off to me, the best player in the Canadian football league and Zach Kolaris. Why are you doing that? Okay, well, short yardage, which Dakota was awesome in. Okay, Strebler's got that. And then, oh, they're they're scrambling. They put on a, you know, they they subbed on a jumbo package. Well, let's keep Strebler on for first and 10 from the 25 and then let him throw one because we feel confident enough that he can throw them in limited in limited amounts. He can throw the football as well. I mean, they did it with with Dakota Prukop, so no reason to think that Buck would change anything going to, to Chris Strebler with what we've seen from him in the Canadian Football League. So he he certainly provides, I don't know if I want to say a boost over over Dakota Prukop because Prukop was so good in short yardage. Any Bomber fan thinks about, okay, it was third and one, and it seemed like he was stopped after two yards, but somehow he stayed on that right foot and then hopped over to his left foot and dove forward for four more yards. And you go, this guy's awesome. He's fantastic at this short yardage thing. And then, yeah, they can do some things within the option run game with him. And they let him throw some passes every once in a while. So you can, uh, to me, you can still do that with Strevler. You get maybe a little bit better proven runner, though it's it's certainly not a uh, a weakness of Dakota Prukop, but Strevler is just beastly in that running game. So, yeah, it, it gives Buck something to, to play with. I'm going to say over under... One and a half snaps this season of two quarterbacks on the field for the Bombers because I just look at Strevler and go, yeah, there's, if you wanted to, and you felt like it, you, there's a lot you could do with that guy. If you look at the CFL landscape and you decide, hey, I'm going to start grading these teams, who tops out after free agency? Who s- stood out to you as doing the right job and did well? Now, do we want the best job in free agency or the best team after free agency? Ooh, take your pick. Uh, let's do the best job in free agency. And it was a lot of this will be, be will be because you had to do it, right? We were bad last season, so we want to be great this season. So we have to do a lot of work in free agency. To me, Saskatchewan is, is had the best free agent period as far as going and, and getting other guys. Um, you get a piece for that defensive backfield. You bring in Jalen Edwards Cooper to replace Nick Marshall was such a crap shoot. Uh, was it banjo bowl where he, it was banjo bowl. He just got repeatedly lit up by drew Wolitarski and trying to undercut guys. And he ends up giving up. I think it was three touchdowns that day. Let's go. We can't do this anymore. We've got to move on. Uh, Jameer Thurman though, big Larry Dean, um, big Larry Dean guy. Jameer Thurman is is still young and that guy sweeps it up in the middle. Fans will will love the work he does. Even if he's not the most, you know, celebratory guy, he's not the the hugest personality. Jameer Thurman is going to be great. Talked about Jamarcus Hardrick and solidifying what's been a question mark for them for the years on that offensive line. AJ Olette gives him a different style at running back. If you want to be a little more power team, you probably don't want two of Jamal Morrow and Frankie Hickson. And and we mentioned Olette. Sask in my mind really needed they just I just keep describing it as heat. They needed heat. 
there wasn't any heat last season because, oh, the coach is going to be fired and throw out the GM and we're going to start again. And who can we bring in? And all of last season was kind of what's this off season going to be like now there's heat. There's the hottest head coaching candidate. You know, now he's in place there and he seems like a super good dude. And this running back with the great haircut that there's going to be mullet wigs for sale in the rider store if there aren't already. Right. I, I just think from a, from an on-field perspective and then a locker room perspective, I think they add those two. And to me, Sask has probably got to be the winner. What team did you think? Oh, I thought they were going to do this. and They didn't probably Edmonton. I really, I just, I'm just looking at this depth chart I had of the Edmonton Elks, and yes, they go and get a court, they go and get McLeod, Bethel, Thompson, and Javon Leak and Boris Beatty. Yeah, Boris Beatty. I mean, will they won't have to? They won't have to repeatedly short kickoff to cover for the fact that they don't have a great kickoff guy in, in Dean Faithful. But to, I mean, that's of limited value to me. Boris Beatty had his best field goal kicking season last year, but what will he be this year? If that's his best season, what will he be this year? Javon Leak had an incredible season of punt returning. So much of that comes down to, okay, can the Elks block for him? Because they hadn't had a return touchdown in, I think it was 147 years. I forget what it was before <laughs> Deontes Alexander took that kickoff back this season. So they finally get that. Leak was great on punts and not great on kickoffs. So we'll see if, if that money was worth it. I look at this defensive backfield and go, I kind of don't know what you're going to do as far as all those spots. I look at this defensive line and go, thank goodness you you like these three-man fronts because I honestly don't know who is going to rush off the edge for the Elks uh, unless they're unless AC Leonard is just waiting to re-sign. I don't know what they're going to do. They didn't get any better on the offensive line. They stayed the same, which to me wasn't great. They bring in Curly Gittens to help them. They can move the ratio a little bit, but it cost them Jake Ceresna, which although he may not have fit what they wanted to do exactly, that guy – still killed the quarterback on a regular basis. I really thought there'd be more from the Elks. They may have to be one of those teams that goes, we need rookies to fill this in because we have the big salary for Geno Lewis. We we have now a big salary for Curly Gittens. We have the quarterback that we're paying big money to. Yeah, I was surprised to see so few moves from the Elks, but maybe, uh, maybe the one and bringing in MBT to be their quarterback is, is the one that lifts them up enough that they didn't need to go to these other things well Derek thank you so much for being on the show amazing wealth of knowledge once again I'm sure our readers are readers I'm sure our listeners are just having a ball catching up with everything you do it's just amazing ah uh, it's it's it is a labor of love uh, I've got three months till training camp so I, I'm get, I started getting super anxious late in January I need to get back to this let's get back to this let's go let's go but they're, they're forcing me to wait till May. But uh, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. I love talking ball. So I'm happy to do it with you guys. And where can people find you on the socials? Uh, at DT on OB on Twitter. I need to expand the other ones. Uh, DT on CJOB on Instagram. And I need to I need to figure out this uh, TikTok thing because I think there's a lot of opportunities for, for guys who, who love the CFL and, uh, you know, have some interesting, uh, unique perspectives of it. Uh, I just don't know if I'm good enough a dancer to be on TikTok, but I'll, uh, I'll see what I can do. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our show. Third Down Gamble is hosted on Podbean and can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at Third Down Gamble. Join us again the Third Down Gamble podcast. Audio worth watching. Third Down Gamble uses the expert resources provided by Canadian Football League player and game statistics for analytics, game notes, and statistics, and 3downnation.com for news, insight, and in-depth analysis. Please visit cfl.ca and 3downnation.com for the most up-to-date information on the Canadian Football League.